0: Someone, you know what I love about this church is that you're always cleaning and preparing and uh, you put away my prop. And uh, so whoever's cleaning up, I just want to thank you for cleaning up. As Pastor T looked at me and said, where'd your ladder go? I said, well, I had my wife over there searching out that side room and I think that's where it's at. So anyhow, that is for my message today. <laughs> anyhow, I love what 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 15 and 16 says. It says this. That is, he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner, and in all conduct, in all conversation, because it is written, be you holy, for I am holy. Say this today, I desire holiness. Hallelujah. Isn't that just something? Now now think this through. If the Bible says in conversation, in manner, and in conduct, he desires that we become more like him in our walk with him. How many of you want to give me a wave and say, yes, I desire a holiness and, and walking with the Lord? Hallelujah. We all desire that, but we live in a world where, you know, Satan is just the, the deceiver. He's a liar, and he comes to seek, kill, and destroy those that are sold out for him. You know, I always find it interesting. People said, you know, I have never, in all my years, I've never had so much hardship until I decided to take on that position at the church. I said, because our enemy, Satan, who started out as God the Father, kicked him out of heaven... Because he thought he was of equal power. And so God said, you're out. Then decided to go to a place called the garden. Where there was a place where there was holiness. And it was pure. And yet he was the deceiver that was there. It's the same way. So God the Father said to Adam and to Eve. Listen. I want you to live however you want. Be fruitful. Multiply the earth. And just Enjoy everything you have. But this one thing, don't touch that. Well, is it isn't it always interesting how all of a sudden that we're walking in the ways of the Lord, and all of a sudden the enemy, the deceiver, Satan, all of a sudden starts to distract us, and then we lose our sight on what our true goal is and our focus should be Christ. And yet on our path and in our journey, there's always these things that come in our way and they're called stumbling blocks that hinder us from really having that deep relationship. And so next thing you know, you're enticed, your path goes this direction, and the focus used to be Christ, and all of a sudden you think, what just happened to me? God didn't walk away from you. You walked away from him. I'll never forget when, you know, when I look back on the story there in Genesis and Eve, you know, as soon as uh, God walked into the Garden of Eden, he said, where are you at? But isn't it amazing how all of a sudden they believed a lie. And as soon as they participated in that lie, what took place? Guilt. Shame. All this stuff. So then it hindered that fellowship and relationship. So all of a sudden, there's Adam and Eve hiding behind a bush going, Do you think he sees us? I don't think he sees us. Let's put some camouflage on. Well, they camouflaged themselves, all right, because they were ashamed of their nakedness. Isn't it amazing, just like our Christian life, We believe in gossip. We believe in lies. And in this series of lies Satan tells, we believe in those things because, well, I trust that person. I'm encouraged by them. They've never hurt me. Well, do they speak truth? Do they speak life into others? Ephesians 4.25 says, wherefore, putting away lying, speaking every man truth with his neighbor, if we are members one of another. Even in the church, it's difficult for us to be able to communicate truth to somebody and say, you know what, I've noticed this in your life. What's going on? And as soon as you speak truth, bam, out the door they go. I'm mad at him. I'm mad at her. No, what they're trying to do is that they don't want to speak lies into your life. They want to speak truth so that you grow in Christ. You see, in churches today... We just fabricate everything. We justify and accept sinful behavior as normal. Isn't that truth? That's the truth. We accept sinful behavior as normal. Turn to your Bible, if you would, please, to John chapter 14. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, John chapter 14. As I've kind of focused on this verse, then I know over the last two weeks I've decided to, to kind of give you guys uh, that verse. So hopefully by the end of this series, I don't know how long it is, until God says that's enough, then it's over. But there's so much of deceit and lies from the enemy that God reminds us who we need to lean on. I love when it starts right off in John chapter 14, verse 1, where it says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Let's look at verse 6. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life. No man can come unto the Father but by me. On the night before his death, Jesus gave the greatest promise of comfort of hope and of assurance that can be found in all of Scripture. But in this this statement, here's what he offered, four things. One, encouragement, for those that are taking notes. Two, direction. Three, hope. And four, assurance. So first of all, he gave words of encouragement. Here's what Jesus said to Thomas. He said, let not your heart be troubled. In verse 2, we now notice direction. You believe in God, believe also in me. And then it continues because there's hope there. Because why? In my Father's house are many mansions. So then now he's spelling it out and he's bringing hope to Thomas. And then fourth, assurance. For he says, I will come again. Yet with such direct words coming from the mouth of Jesus himself, and even after walking with Jesus three years, Thomas was confused. We find his confusion in his two honest questions. Where are you going? Where are you going? And how can we know the way? Now 2,000 years have passed, and we as the world... We are still confused. So there's three points. Jesus is the only way that will lead you to heaven. Jesus is the only way that will lead you to heaven. Number two, Jesus is the only truth that will make you free. Jesus is the only truth that will make you free. And then third, Jesus is the only life that will produce eternal life. Jesus is the only life. That will produce eternal life. Let us pray. Father, we love you and we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you that, that I get the great opportunity to preach doctrine even this morning. So, Father, may we understand what this church, New Hope Akron, believes. May we understand its truths, its doctrine. And, Father, may you open up our hearts. May we understand your word with clarity. Help me to explain it with clarity and understand that you are the way and that you're the truth. And that you are the life. Speak through me today. Hide me behind the shadows of the cross. In your name we pray. Amen. Jesus is the only way that will lead you to heaven. Let's be candid. We live in a very pluralistic society. No longer are the days when our communities are filled with people who look like us. Who dress like us. Who eat like us, think like us, and believe like us. The advent of easy travel and the ever-expanding media cultures are being pushed together like never before. And the question we must ask in the midst of all these differences: Who's right, and who's wrong? Many of you might have seen our uh, three-minute message this past week as this past week as Pastor Luke uh, spoke on facts, F A Q S, questions. That you as the congregation, we would like you to ask. And then we're going to be putting together, during this fall, a Wednesday night series on facts. Why, why, why? Why tattoos are tattoos unbiblical? Is gay marriage biblical? Can my loved ones look from heaven and see me? Where I'm at do they experience my day-to-day life all these questions that people ask We're going to bring to life and show you in the word of god What it means and why we believe What the word has to say in regard to some of these issues Some of the issues will also probably be addressed We're kind of still working out some of these kinks Will be addressed on a sunday morning as we'll give like a 3 minute video and give you scripture and an insight on many of the questions. Right now we have 40 questions that people ask. Isn't that awesome? So it's it's very interesting for me. But what's so sad for me is that there was a time when as a little guy I grew up in Edinburgh, Ohio. And by the way, I was with I was there this past week and my mom lives there, my sister Tina lives there, and I went into the Edinburgh corner store and I remembered that it was out in, out in the country, and it wasn't like when Clem and Mary owned it. And uh, yeah, so, you know, you, I, I told my wife, I said, I know this sounds bizarre, but I haven't been in there in years. Why did I feel like I was in the hills of West Virginia or Kentucky? And uh, I felt like I was down there in, in, in the hauler down at B-Fight, and I walked in there. I'm like, wow, things have changed in this place. I just had to experience it for myself. And uh, so I went in there, but I realized as I was standing there that our society and our culture has changed. Now look to the person next to you and say, "You look different today. Be careful how you say it in the toad you use it. because yeah, some of you may not appreciate it. I do don't I got my haircut. And uh, uh, you do look different. And uh, so in our culture, think about this. In our churches, they've changed drastically. Our churches have changed drastically. And uh, Pat, you can go ahead and turn that air off. Although it is just heavenly, but I have to say it is so comfortable up here. And... uh, (laughs) For those that are listening, once we get deeper into the message, it's going to get real hot here. No, just kidding. And uh, so I want you to be comfortable, but I don't want you to fall asleep, right? So we won't be long this morning, but let me just kind of bring some of this out to you. You know, as a young man and as, as even journeying in this life, I'm 47 years of age. And I notice now people are different. Do you, do you know that even since we've started the church 12 years ago, the culture of this church has changed? The people of this church has changed. Do you know that, you know, I was looking back, uh, probably 11, 12 years ago. And, you know, in our society today, in our culture, many pastors are walking up to the platform wearing jeans and no tie. And it's difficult for me because I was raised as, as a young man, always wearing a suit to church. And so, you know, yes, I have a closet you walk into and the whole bottom of it has jackets. And some of them I'm looking at going, Man, I haven't worn that thing in a long time. So, but today I purposed him. I want to wear a jacket. I know it's summertime. I'll just freeze everybody out of the building. But our cultures have changed. Why? Because I really believe that, that in our lives that Satan has become more prevalent in our homes. Satan has become more prevalent in our churches. We've allowed compromise to take place in our homes in the workplace, and in the church. Can I hear an amen? Where's the standards now? What happened to the days that, you know, the standards were different? People will come in and say, oh, but your church service is so different. Many churches have, you know, instruments all over the place. And, you know, there was a time when people said, you can't even have anything but a piano in the building. And today, it's wonderful. We have orchestras, and there's bands, and the music has changed, and... You know, I mean, Elvis Presley would have loved it. And yet, the doctrine has not changed. But here's where I want to drive home why this lie. Many roads to heaven. There's only but one way to heaven. And many are believing that there are several different ways. So let's just think about the many religions that are pressing upon us from those cultures. We realize, let's just start right off with the Indian Ocean, the Nepali, the Bhutanese, Hinduism, Buddhism is such, I mean, it is prevalent over there. Jesus Christ, still as he journeyed in the gospel was being preached, he was preaching life. And yet we have our Nepali, we have the Bhutanese that come to this church. And I don't know if some of you, I shared a picture of a family that changed from Hinduism, got saved through the blood and the power of Jesus Christ. And I don't know if you saw that picture. They were praying over that family right here just three weeks ago. Isn't that wonderful? That's because that is missions in Akron, Ohio. So we ask ourselves the question, are we embracing our culture? And yet, when we speak to the Nepali or to the Bhutanese, the first thing I say to them is, do you believe in the one true living God? Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I'm so glad to meet you. All oh, this is wonderful. You know, I'm Jamesy. Jamesy means greetings and the one true living God. And so with that being said, I want you to know that when it comes to our cultures, they've changed. But the gospel of Jesus Christ has not changed. It's still the same. Far East, Confucianism, Shinto, Middle East, Islam, the Muslims, Judaism. We have Africa, which believes in animism. And then in the U.S., we've got Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness, New Age, Catholicism, Christianity. And I remember back when I was going through Bible college, one of the first things that I got, and for some of you, you may not even know, he was, he was really big. It used to be called um, the Bill Rice Ranch. And Bill Rice was, I mean, John R. Rice was an evangelist that traveled the circuit all through the United States and I'll remember one of my first books that I ever read, and I pulled this out. This thing is thirty years old. Listen to this: errors of Romanism, baptismal regeneration, unchristian Christian Science in quotes, errors of Seventh Day Adventists, the tongues heresy, a false prophet by Herbert Armstrong, hyper Calvinism, a false doctrine, Jehovah Witness errors. Spiritual and fortune tellers Anglo-Saxon people are not Israel Mormonism communism socialism modernism religious liberalism now does that sound kind of deep well it was why Catholic Church not the church of the Bible that was this chapter so as a young man I needed to find out what it was that I needed to know about the Word of God so I picked up the Bible so I thought you know what I'm going to go to my library many of us don't even have books anymore New Age versions. I I like, you know, just some of them. An exhaustive documentation exposing the message. Men and manuscripts moving mankind to the Antichrist one world religion. There's one for you. Then you've got uh, Kingdom of the Cults, you know, where it talks about what's going on within religions, major cults and religions covered. Now, this is more. ...of what's going on, Islam, Christian science. We're talking that's 30 years ago, but they're still dealing with New Age cults, Mormonism, Jehovah Witnesses, so on and so forth. And then we have Satan is alive and well on planet Earth because we realize that he's a liar and deceiver. And then here's a book. It was interesting because this dates way back in the day at Bethel. And uh, this talks about Mormonism, Christian science, and it goes right down through all of the different types of religions that are out there... And uh, why why did I bring that up? I brought it up just to let you know that there is only way. The one way is Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And I'm going to say it over and over again because we as Christians, even my daughters, Victoria, Megan, Lindsay, Caitlin's downstairs, you need to know the plan of salvation. You need to know that there's only one way and it is Jesus Christ at new hope akron we believe that Jesus Christ is the only way no man can go into the father but through his son who sits at the right hand of the father so as we continue this morning this morning this morning <laughs> satan the liar claims there are many ways to heaven through faithful works oh if you just work you'll get into the golden gates It's okay. Are you working hard enough? Did you do what you were supposed to do? Have you served? Now, we need you to be an altar girl, an altar boy. We need you to do offering. We need you to to declaim, We need you to do this. Have you worked? Now, listen what the Scriptures have to say. Ephesians 2.8.9 says this. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Not of works, lest any man should be proud of what he's doing. Can you please turn these fans on for me? Titus chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, thank you, but according to his mercy, he saved us. I love what it says. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Sincere belief. People believe, well, you could just, you know, sincerity, it's it's this one mind and, and you could just bring clarity well, even in the, in the scriptures, Paul was saying in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none, no other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. So why do we believe in salvation? Why do we believe that we must go to Jesus Christ? He says in John 3, 3, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. James 2.19, I believe that there is one God that as well. The devils also believe and they tremble. Oh, they know who God is. They know who Jesus is. But many of us have fallen into the, the differences between, you know, oh, I can believe this way for salvation. I have to work hard this way. No, it's only by the grace of Jesus Christ. I ran into a lady. Who goes down here to the Unitarian Church. We love everybody. We just love. Peace. Joy. And serenity. This ladder. Holds me up. And I love this ladder. Unitarians believe that you can bow down to a ladder. You just worship whatever. God, you want. No, because my scripture says there's no other name under heaven by where men must be saved through his son, Jesus Christ. We're not believing in ladders and idols. We don't need a church that has 62 different idols. as We go through the church and we bow down and we worship those idols because we saw what God the father did in the life of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. When they said, I will not bow my knee to that idol. Oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, what did he say? Oh, yes, you will. They said, oh, no, I won't. He said, oh, yes, you will. They said, oh, no, I won't. He said, good, then I'm putting you in the fire furnace. But who showed up? God showed up. The Holy Spirit was there to spare him. We're in a time and in an age where people are believing anything. Anything. They don't believe. Churches are not preaching anymore. Salvation. They said, you know what preachers have told me? We don't have time for an altar call. Did you walk the aisle here and get saved? Hallelujah. Thank you. Why? If we don't have time for an altar call, then lives are not transformed. People are not changed. Listen, you're not going to walk the aisle getting done watching your crime scene shows in your living room. We're coming to church because he said we're two or more gathered in my name. I'm here. Many people are going, we don't need the church any longer. We have house fellowships. Well, praise God. I know he shows up there, but man, it's just wonderful just to be able to come to church and to worship God and to seek his face. Number two, Jesus is the only truth that will make you free. Jesus is the only truth that will make you free. Satan has craftily sowed the lie, there is no absolute truth, and he has done his job. Very, very well. Our pluralistic, multicultural, multi-belief society has produced what is post-modernism, thought which claims there is no absolute truth. Instead, we as individuals and societies create our own truth. What may be true for you is not necessarily true for me, is their belief. What may be true for one culture may not be truth for another culture. I like, and as a matter of fact, I like what Josh McDowell has to say. One of the leading experts on our youth states, the most churched youth of today, that would be you young people, reject absolute truth which is being pushed to them through the media and through education channels, through our public school system. So if you're not teaching truth, if you're not teaching Jesus Christ in your living room, then they're never going to get it in the educational circles outside of your home and outside of your church. That's why it's so important to have discipleship classes. That's why it's so important to teach the youth because when they get to this age, what is truth? What do I really believe? And so today we have failed and that's why so many churches are closing because the gospel is not being preached. Listen to this. Here's some statistics for you. In 1991, 52% of our born-again church kids said there is no absolute truth. Now watch these numbers. In 1994, 62% said there is no absolute truth. In 1999, 78% of born-again church kids said there is no absolute truth. And in 2002, now we've already p- far past this. 91% of our born-again church kids said there's no absolute truth. The problem with postmodern thinking is that you can call something anything you want or you can believe anything you desire, but that does not change the reality of it. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, that's just a book. No, it's not. It's the Word of God. No, this is the Holy Word of Of God. And people are starting to believe that it's not necessary. You don't need it in the church. You know, at our church, we're more interested in having cappuccino and coffee in these hands than the word of God. Let me let me demonstrate something for you. If I stood on this chair and I said to you guys now on the count of three, I'm going to jump. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to fly all the way around this building. Now, you're going to look up, and then I'm going to give everybody a wave, and I'm going to fly around the sanctuary. Now, you're looking at me puzzled. No, I believe I can do it. Now, let, let's go another step further. If I want, I can – let me just keep climbing up and keep climbing up, and I'll stop right here <laughs> since I'm afraid of heights. But I'm climbing up this ladder, right? Right? Now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to jump, and I'm going to jump clear over into this man's arms, Mike Ruppel. You catch me. I hope I don't hurt you at all since I'm, you know, 12 feet up off the ground. And I'm, and after that, I'm going to swoop down and fly around to the back of the sanctuary. You're going, you've lost your mind. But why is it that we'll say, wait a minute, absolute truth is this. The law of gravity... Causes me to fall and hurt myself if I decide to jump Remember when you're a little guy you climb up that tree and as you're up there you think you can fly And all of a sudden you get up there there is no way I don't even want to climb six feet up off the ground in a tree But here's reality Absolute truth is this the law of gravity brings us back see The truth of gravity is the same for me as well as anyone else, regardless whether I believe it or even like it. 100% of the time, if I jump, I'm not going to fly. I'm going to get hurt. And the same is true about the Word of God. You can try to twist it. You can try to change it. You can believe whatever you want. But Jesus is still the only way. So you can, you can put flowers on it, you can decorate it, you can put all kinds of pretty icing on it. It's all still the same. So we move on and we continue. Number three, Jesus is the only life that will produce eternal life. Like when he says, I am the truth. Turn with me, if you would, please, to John chapter 10. John chapter 10, verses 28 and 29. And people said, I want to jump. Well, you should know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. No, free from the bondage of sin and slavery that you're in. So here we are. We realize that Jesus is the only life that will produce eternal life. John chapter 10, verse 28. John chapter 10, verse 28. And here's what it reads. And I give unto them eternal life. That they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. 1 John chapter 5. 1 John. Let's turn back there. 1 John chapter 5 verse 13. 1 John chapter 5 verse 13. It reads, these things have I written unto you that you believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have what? And that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. God. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have Romans 5 1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 13 and 14 it reads, In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. And then we know John 3, 3, and I quoted it earlier. Really, really, I say to thee, except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. You see, only life produces life. Only life. Produces life only eternal life can produce eternal life Only a righteous life can produce a righteous life Only an abundant life can produce an abundant life Do you believe that he is the way and that he is the truth and that he is the life See satan and the world offers its forms of life A counterfeit life. Even in the garden he used this lie when tempting the woman as he told her that if she eats of the fruit, she would not surely die. Well, in a sense, he was right. She did not die physically at that moment. But she died spiritually, emotionally, and relationally immediately. She lost her relationship. With the Father. You know, isn't it sad that many of us have compromised our stand in our life to believe what others have to say? Listen, all I want you to do, and I think it's more important for me that my daughters understand the gospel message because that's my responsibility. God entrusted me with my four girls. I need them to understand that, listen, there's no other way, no other name under heaven but where a man must be saved except through the Son of Jesus Christ. And and it's so funny because I've asked pastors this in the past. Do you speak doctrine at your church? We don't have time for doctrine. We have people from all walks of life. Why do we need to preach doctrine? Doctrine is this. Jesus. 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 And if we're coming here for anything else other than that, then we're no longer preaching the Word of God. Yeah, people have said, but it's so boring. I mean, so you're, you know, we know Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We've heard that. You know, we believe in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We believe the three in one, and we understand the Trinity. And, well, do you know there are some that don't? And our responsibility is this. The Bible says that we are to make disciples of So we need to understand the word of God. Why do you believe what you believe? Why do you sit in this church, an evangelical New Testament Bible-believing church? Why are you a part of New Hope Akron? Because it is a fellowship of Christian believers that brings hope to everyone through the gospel message of Jesus Christ. When I think of Satan's claims of the good life, I think of some of the beer commercials. The films where the boys always get the girls. They have the let live and let's just do whatever we want type of mindset. Sadly, these are all illusions created to tempt us. We don't see the heartache, the tragedy. The good life leaves in its wakes. Oh, I cannot wait till I am 21 years old. Woo! You know what that means? I am an adult. I get to have my first drink. Really? Let me explain something to you. Here's what happens with that first drink it leads to hell. Oh, not me, Pastor. Oh, no, not really. Oh, that's interesting because my grandfather, who owned a bar, he was an alcoholic. Then my uncle became an alcoholic. My aunt became an alcoholic. My dad became an alcoholic. Well, that's interesting. I have a brother who deals with addictions, who is free at this moment. All it took was, wow, I'm 21. Listen, mom and dad, you may not like what I have to say, but don't you go to that bar and say, tonight we're celebrating your 21st. Because you don't know what it will lead to. And I have seen it. I've been on the other side of the table. Sitting talking with folks. Because they want free from 30 years. Of what Satan told them. It's just a little sip. And they didn't realize what it was going to lead to. Do I hear an amen up in there? And see we're not preaching that anymore. Sin will, will hold you Captive. Will we'll pull you to the depths of hell until you realize that Jesus Christ is the only one that frees us. Man, Pastor T said yesterday men of God, live godly lives. Live a life that's, that images the life and the power of the Holy One. We're not doing that anymore. Because we've compromised our standards, our lives, our home, our relationships. We have to keep to the manual instead of keeping to the book. And so we as a church have got to get back. We as Christians have to get back to a place where we realize that the only way people can have true freedom and eternal life is to understand that Jesus Christ is the only way. To the glory of His Father. Listen to this. I'm going to give you this example and I'm going to close. You know, when you're young, you look at so many people. And we compare their lives. Oh, look what they have. Look at their life. I mean, they get to do this and they get to do that. And all they're they are such a nice looking couple. They have beautiful children. They drive beautiful cars and live in a beautiful home. Here was this young man, strong, fit, former college football player who drove a cool, fast car. His wife was beautiful. She was vibrant. The cheerleader type. He had a good business, and and they lived life to the extreme. Yes, I was like you, and as a teenager, I thought, if I could grow up and be just like them. But here's what we discover. The years have passed, and his family today is a disaster. Now divorced, financially strapped, they live daily with the heartache of two grown children in deep, deep trouble and addictions. One heavily on drugs and the other in prison. You see, what happened was that this couple bought into Satan's lie of the good life and now are paying a very, very heavy price. Can I ask a question? Why is it that Ken and Barbie have to be shapely, thin, and perfect? And I know there was a controversy here about ten years ago, wasn't there? So they had to, they had to make Barbie shapely. A plus size. Just so that other children wouldn't have to succumb to, this is the image that I've played with. When in reality... We live in a culture that really doesn't even eat right. We don't do anything right. We're very, very busy people. We leave one place to go to another. We watch our time. We wait for the, the chime, the numbers, the timers to go off so that we can now rush to our next place. So we're not, we're not eating correctly. So it's easy for us. I love pizza. Give me pizza every night. But pizza is not good for you. So we've succumbed to a place where Satan says, that looks good, and this is what TV portrays. But I want you to know, I don't know what you've been going through, but you've been fearfully and wonderfully made. We've been made in his image. And when you come and understand the gospel of Jesus Christ, then he starts to change you. He starts to remake you to be more like him. So I conclude with this. There was once a story about a young, vibrant 27-year-old lady who had succumbed to cancer. The tragedy was that when she was first diagnosed, she was told that she had a different kind of cancer and was treated accordingly. Yet sadly, she actually had melanoma. And by that time, the cancer had spread all over her body. The doctors were sincere in their diagnosis. The doctors were sincere in their diagnosis. But they were wrong. And their mistake took her life. Making a mistake in the truth about salvation will also kill. Will also take your life but will for eternity. When we understand the truths of God's Word, and we understand that He is the way, that He is the truth, and that He is the life, then we get to live and experience a better life. I will tell you this: I'm so blessed to be part of a body of believers that believe in the truth of the word of God. Love your neighbor. Uplift those that, that need it, that need you. So, but but I, here's the thing: We can do all kinds of things, and we realize that this morning it's not by works by which men are saved. It's only by the blood of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to challenge you this morning. Maybe you've been coming to this church, and you've left, and you've not told your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your children. Listen, I have a story about a man, and his name is Jesus, the Savior. And let me just show you. Here's what it says in verse 6. He is the way, the truth, and the life. You know, there was a guy who was like you, too, that had a lot of questions, and he was confused. And, but yet, here's what Jesus said to him. Do you believe, too, that you can go to heaven? Today's your day of salvation. I don't want to stand in heaven and know that I had the opportunity to tell people about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I never told them because my pride said, oh, they're going to reject me. No. This morning, you didn't hear me speak. I quoted several different scriptures. And it And I know there's books out there with all different types of religions that are lies straight from hell. But there's only one true book that breathes life. Oh, how I love the word of God. How it is a lamp unto my feet and how it is a light unto my path. And you see, here's the promise that I will always hide its words in my heart so that I won't sin against God. Oh God, help us. Help us to get back in the Word. Help us to pray. Help us to communicate to others that You are the only way. That You are the truth. And You are eternal life. Let's all stand as we pray. Father, we love you and we just thank you, Father, for your word this morning. Father, we just thank you for just the encouragement through your word. And, Father, we pray that today, that if there's someone in this room that has kind of stepped away, that that needs you today, Father, I pray that they'll come back to you, that they'll feel the sense of pulling and understand that, you know what, there's only life. The world has all kinds of lies. But, God, we know that there's truth through your word, through your example, and through your life. Thank you, God, for allowing me to experience your saving power in my own life. God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your word. And, Father, we just, we surrender our all to you. Lord, if there's many in this room that have not even succumbed to reading the word, Lord, may they surrender to that today. May they surrender to your will. Into your way. In your holy name we pray. Amen.